0: But the benefits for something you had uh, mentioned earlier uh, is accountability and transparency. Those are the, the two main things that are really out there and a lot of discussion on this. Also, it seems that when a police officer is wearing uh, body cameras, the police officer behaves better. And that in turn helps with police community relations. And also there seems to be some findings that there's a reduction in citizen complaints because people say, hey, I'm not going to uh, make a complaint against uh, a police officer when I know it's being recorded.
1: Well, they're inevitable, but they're terrible. And it's going to get worse um, on every level. It's a fiasco uh, creating a conversation about policing with America. It's just about catching the cops and wrongdoing. The biggest crisis we have in America right now, certainly in urban America, is the cops are doing what might do it. And we also have a huge recruiting crisis. And this is going to exacerbate that dramatically. Uh, police officers are not the same as other people. And it's been a false narrative that got this started. Uh, if the police are equal to the street, that's a terrible thing. Not only do we have that reality now, we actually have the cops being inferior to the street. We have people encountering them
3: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Lawyer to Lawyer on the Legal Talk Network. This is Bob Ambrosi coming to you from just outside of Boston, Massachusetts. I write a blog called Law Sites. I also co-host another Legal Talk Network program called Law Technology Now, along with Monica Bay.
4: And I'm Craig Williams coming to you from Southern California. I write a blog named May It Please the Court. Bob, before we introduce today's topic, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Clio. Clio is the world's leading cloud based legal practice management software. Thousands of lawyers and legal professionals trust Clio to help grow and simplify their practices.
3: Learn more at Clio.com. That's C L I O.com. Well, with a string of recent incidents involving shootings of civilians by police, There was a lot of debate going on around the country about whether police officers should be suited with body cameras to capture their pursuits and interaction with civilians. And part of that debate
4: includes whether or not body camera footage is a matter of public record or, as several states have already done, eliminated it from being a matter of public record. Some people believe that body cameras will improve police and civilian behavior, while others believe that body cameras will hinder a police officer's privacy, health and safety.
3: So today on Lawyer to Lawyer, we're going to talk about the pros and cons of body cameras being worn by law enforcement officers. We're going to take a look at some of the uh, recent events that have given rise to this conversation, discuss transparency, accountability, and the uh, impact body cameras could have on policing. Bob, to do that, we have two great guests with us today. Our first guest is
4: Professor Eugene O'Donnell from the John Jay College of Criminal Justice. Professor O'Donnell began his career as an NYPD officer from the New York Police Department, receiving 14 department awards for Outstanding Police Service Working in Brooklyn, After serving as a summer associate in the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Eastern District of New York, while in law school, he went on to become a prosecutor in the Queens District Attorney's Office and the Brooklyn District Attorney's Office, where he investigated and prosecuted hundreds of cases. He is a nationally recognized expert on policing issues, including the use of force, and has been quoted hundreds of media stories. Welcome to the show, Professor Gene
3: O'Donnell. Good to be with you. Also joining us today is Dr. Todd Burke. Dr. Burke is professor in the Department of Criminal Justice at Radford University in Radford, Virginia, a former Maryland police officer. Dr. Burke's research interests include school, campus violence, domestic violence, serial and mass murder, and issues in policing and forensic science. Dr. Burke is also the co-author of an introductory criminal justice text entitled Foundations of Criminal Justice, Second Edition. Welcome to Lawyer to Lawyer, Dr. Todd Burke. My
0: pleasure to be here.
4: Well, Dr. Burke, could you give us a little bit of a history on body cameras and when they came into use and what the scope of the use is?
0: Well, I'm not sure so much about the historical perspective, but it is relatively new, and it is filled with uh, some great benefits and some controversies as well.
3: Well, let's start with the, the benefits. Todd Burke, as I understand it, you're in favor of police officers wearing body cameras, Um, correct me if I'm wrong, Uh, what are the arguments in favor of it?
0: Well, I am a big advocate for it. Now, when I was a police officer, I'm not sure about uh, with Gene, but we did not have body cameras. And if I were a police officer today, I would absolutely want one. But the benefits were something you had uh, mentioned earlier earlier, is accountability and transparency. Those are the the two main things that are really out there and a lot of discussion on this. Also, it seems that when a police officer is wearing body cameras, the police officer behaves better. And that, in turn, helps with police community relations. And also, there seems to be some findings that There's a reduction in citizen complaints because people say, hey, I'm not going to make a complaint against a police officer when I know it's being recorded.
4: What do you think of the states and various parts of the country that have started to ban the use of police camera footage as a public record? What's the purpose in having it?
0: Yeah, I'm not a fan of banning them. I do understand why some police agencies are hesitant to use them, though.
4: Do you think that we'll be seeing more use of body cameras on citizens?
0: Well, I don't know about uh, body cameras on citizens because citizens already have cameras. We are a video vigilante society. We, everyone seems to have a cell phone, and with that cell phone comes cameras and comes videos. The danger of that, of course, is that we don't know the validity of the video itself. In other words, a person could be taking uh, video shots, let's say, of of a police citizen encounter, and sometimes they're narrating it, and they're taking this, and they're putting it on social networks, and that becomes the narrative. But what we don't know is if that has been edited or not.
3: Eugene O'Donnell, you've heard some of the arguments for body cameras. What's your position on whether police officers should wear body cameras?
1: Well, they're inevitable, but they're terrible and it's going to get worse um, on every level. It's a fiasco, creating a conversation about policing America. It's just about catching the cops and wrongdoing. The biggest crisis we have in America right now, certainly in urban America, is the cops aren't doing enough right do it. And we also have a huge recruiting crisis, and this is going to ex- exacerbate that dramatically. Police officers are not the same as other people, and it's been a false narrative that got this started. If the police are equal to the streets... That's a terrible thing. Not only do we have that reality now, we actually have the cops being inferiors in the street. We have people encountering them and mocking them and uh, belittling them. And we see the byproduct of this in places like America, like Chicago. We have a police department now in name only, where the cops get there when they get there. Uh, Because the reality is, and I know this uniquely as a prosecutor, a former prosecutor, a police officer, we are asking police officers as our surrogates to use force, to go after people, to essentially look for trouble in our name. That's what we ask them to do. And when they do that, they're exposed. They're exposed potentially to criminal prosecution anytime they use force. So you'd have to simply be very slow with it to realize or not to realize that when you approach somebody from the get go, Somebody's blasting a radio and keeping up the whole neighborhood at night, but that could end badly for you. That could end up with a video that's detrimental. We have cable producers standing by for the video of the day, the video of the week. And if that happens to be you, uh, you could end up being fired, criminalized, demonized, even if the facts eventually roll in and show that you weren't acting uh, wrongly. We have a huge issue at this moment with this profession. Irreparable harm has been caused to it. And, and it at has pushed this topic. This has never been a topic, in my mind, the community would ever embrace. There's also privacy issues that go beyond police issues. It basically, in the name of building trust, you're, in, you're enshrining distrust. And honestly, it's also time to call this out. There are people who say they want to create trust in the police, but actually, there are people behind this who don't, they don't believe in the police. Delegitimizing the police, they believe all policing is racist and Jim Crow, and we need to say that is not a mainstream perspective in this country. And, but, if, but if the and argument or, or is that we're going to have to if, deal if,
3: with, if it. I hear you saying that you want to prevent that. that People are just trying to catch police in wrongdoing. Isn't the argument that if there is no wrongdoing, then they're not going to get caught? I mean, if police are doing their jobs and doing them properly, why is this seen as something that's going to sort of catch them in the act of something?
4: Because it's basically the reverse of the argument that the police use in wanting to search your car, that if you're not having anything to hide, then what are you worried about?
3: Well, but the difference is that the police are public servants and citizens in cars are not public servants. I mean, the the police are, are serving a public interest, aren't they? I think they're paid by taxes
1: police are our surrogates. These are not personal issues the police are choosing to do. This is public duty they're choosing to do. This is a very fragile system. There has been an campaign to undermine the criminal justice system for 20 years now, and law professors have, have been behind it. And the notion that every single person has been convicted is probably innocent is a widespread idea right now. And anybody who's a lawyer knows that it's actually a very fragile system we don't have proof beyond all doubt in our system we have proof beyond a reasonable doubt in our system we don't look inside a jury to see how a jury deliberates there are a lot of parts of the system that are fragile frankly and bluntly most people do not possess the expertise to view police videotapes it's like watching cricket and not knowing what cricket is you can't have an opinion if you don't know the way the police operate unfortunately in our society because we have violence uh, that is uh, 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 incredible. And you just have to look, by the way, across the broad terrain of the country the last couple of weeks to see in towns, small, St. Cloud, Minnesota, Washington State, the level of violence we have, the level of gun violence we have, the unpredictability of police interactions with citizens, the fact that these things are not scripted. This whole conversation, again, has been built on a big lie. The police are equal. It's also been built completely without Giving people an assessment of what the law is, the what, law what favors position? the police broadly because the police do our work for us. They're what position then does else. that place
4: the police and in?
1: Criminalizing or? the police, which this is all about ultimately, in in a lot of ways, is not the way to to. This is exactly the opposite of creating good policing and trust in the community and effective policing. This is the very worst of all worlds.
4: Gene, when you say that police are not equal to the citizenry, what position do they occupy? Are they a servant or are they superior?
1: So, actually, any appellate decision that has to do with a lot of uh, you know issues, the police are placed into a position on our behalf. They go into harm's way. There's at least one appellate federal appellate decision that says bluntly. The police, we send them out to pick fights with people. That's what we do, among other things. Obviously, there's servants, and they're obviously conflict avoiders and conflict negotiators. But in a city like Chicago, where two-thirds of the city has been hollowed out by crime and disorder, the African-American community has decamped out of that city, I guarantee you, on the ground, if you talk to people, cameras would never, ever be their issue. This is the industry that's made cameras. It is... Chiefs of police, in some cases, they're offering up as a panacea, but the long-term consequences of cameras cannot, in my mind, be good. Again, it doesn't make them less inevitable, but it can't be good. Nobody is. If a police officer pulls over a car and asks somebody for identification, that is not a request, that's a demand. That's our system. You don't have an option to say no. Why aren't lawmakers stepping forward and making that categorically clear? Why are they trying to blame? Uh, They're essentially leaving the cops holding the bag here. And it's been disingenuous, and it's been damaging.
4: Dr. Burke, what kind of privacy rights do policemen have?
0: Well, I believe that police officers do have uh, rights, and I think it's the due process rights. And I think that's one of the difficulties with the body cameras, is that when the body camera is used and it happens to be released too soon to the public, well, or to the media, what ends up happening is not only is the citizen at jeopardy of not getting a fair trial or a fair hearing, the police officer suffers as well. And I think one of the things that, and I still, I'm an, like I said, I'm an advocate of the body cameras, but the privacy issues tend to be more of a sensitive nature. For example, as a police officer we are responding to many sensitive issues, including domestic violence, child abuse cases, homicides, incidents dealing with juveniles. Well, if you have a body camera on, you're also recording them. You're recording the victims, you're recording children, and that also violates privacy rights. And it could prevent people from giving information to the police officers. And what I mean by that are like informants or witnesses. When they know they're being recorded, they may be less likely to give information. So there are some privacy concerns. One thing that I I think is important for the listeners to know is that the body camera and dash cams and things such as that, but, you know, they are an instrument for the police, they are a tool, an investigative tool. They're not the panacea, and, and I agree with Gene on that. But what I think is important is it doesn't always tell the full story. For example, we've all watched you know, a sporting event, and I'll use football as an example. We want to find out if somebody has uh, made a touchdown. We want to see if both feet were in bounds. Were they bobbling the ball? And we will watch the video from home or wherever and we watch it in slow motion we see it from different angles and yet we still can't make the call and we expect a police officer in a split second to make a decision and i think what's important about this is the camera only tells you so much it doesn't tell you everything
3: i think we have to take a short break please stay with us we're going to be back in just a few moments after these words from our sponsors
4: Clio is an invaluable software solution for law firms of all sizes, handling all the demands of your growing practice from a single cloud based platform. Clio enhances your firm with features such as matter and document management, time tracking, and even billing. Clio is an effortless tool that helps lawyers focus on what they do best practice law. Learn more at Clio.com. That's C
3: L I O.com. Welcome back to Lawyer to Lawyer. This is Bob Ambrogi, and with us today is Professor Eugene O'Donnell from the John Jay College of Criminal Justice and Dr. Todd Burke, professor in the Department of Criminal Justice at Radford University. In listening to the comments from both of you, I'm wondering if the issue isn't somewhat one of— whether these videos should be public or not, as opposed to whether they should be worn at all. I mean, I understand that body camera video does not tell the whole story, but certainly it adds to the evidence of, of what happened in an incident. And it sounds, from what Gene was saying earlier, that he's concerned that this vi- these videos are going to be viewed by people who don't understand police procedures and police tactics. But doesn't that just go to the question of whether they should be public or not? I mean, if, if the video is available internally within a police department or in the course of a prosecution or, or, or a criminal investigation or something like that, then people who do understand police procedures will be able to review these videos and analyze them in the context of that knowledge. Uh, So really, isn't this just a question of whether they should be public or not?
0: Well,
1: again, Todd alluded to a very important point, a clearly crucial point. On use of Ford's videos, The video can actually be irrelevant. That's how misunderstood this topic is. An objective capturing of an angle of a video might have absolutely nothing to do with what the cops acted upon. And that's why you have to understand the law. And the law is about the reasonableness of the cop's actions. And that is determined by asking the cop what did you see? What did you believe? What are your perceptions? And anybody who's been a civilian or, or police person, been in a traumatic, quickly evolving, deteriorating situation, knows there can be an extraordinary difference between what you perceive, you see, and are able to articulate, and what's objectively captured on a video. And again, the big lie of the video is the knowledge of the ending. Uh, the cops don't have the knowledge of the ending. And there's also, I think, it's sort of a tacit belief that people act in accordance with some sort of pre-ordained schedule, that they're predictable one minute, a little less predictable. Well, that's not really true. You can pull up a car and be, you can have somebody acting cooperative and go homicidal in a nanosecond. And it does shut down the due process of an officer. And we saw this female police officer in Tulsa. She was indicted essentially on the basis of a video, as I can tell. And this, the narrative is what possible reason could she have to shoot. We had a female police officer in Rhode Island some years back. She pulled over a car. The motorist walked back, pulled her out the window, and beat her the death of his hands. This is the environment that police operate in. And unfortunately some people think that's hyperbole. And of course, yes, that could be subject to abuse. And there's real issues there. But this camera conversation has become a fiasco. It really has taken us so far away from where we need to be in this country. And it's reducing the police, who used to be a pretty effective and certainly highly respected organization. Obviously, there's a racial divide there. But take the police versus lawyers. Take the police versus politicians. And their approval ratings are sky high. Now you're going to throw them into the mix, And it's been a campaign. It's been an orchestrated campaign to create distrust, mistrust. This is about, about a million hours of propriety. This is about trying to find five minutes of gotcha. That's what
3: this is all about. Well, I mean, it is an attempt to provide some objective evidence. I mean, to say that a a police officer's account of an incident should be the be-all and end-all of of the account would also discount some of the recent stories where, in fact, uh, police officers, you know, have on occasion misrepresented what happened uh, and outright lied about what happened. I'm, you know, I don't mean to paint any kind of a broad brush with that. I, I think that's certainly the exception by a, a great amount. But that does happen, and, and uh, body cam footage is going to corroborate or, or not what was, what was being said. The problem
1: with the theory is that the narrative being sold in the country is the police, for no reason, are killing people. That is completely inconsistent with reality. There may actually be cases where people did do that, but that is a very tiny number why Laquan McDonald was killed in Chicago. I don't know why a police officer would shoot somebody, but anybody who's been a prosecutor knows you have to have some good reason generally to bring a case. And what is the reason that a police officer, stranger to not knowing the individual, why would the officer shoot him? Now, some might say because he can and get away with it. But, again, of all the hundreds of millions of interactions each year, are we going to completely rewire the police service
0: around the issue
1: of trying to find wrongdoing. If we do that, it's costing lives, I and mean, it's so are clear on this. This is costing lives in the city of Chicago. People are dying in the city of Chicago. And by the way, they're dying not only because the cops are responding slower, they're not getting out of their car, they're afraid to investigate. They're afraid to be in an officer-involved shooting. If the Chicago Police Department was catching all the people who were killing, there'd probably be an officer-involved shooting a lot of officer involved shootings.
0: Well, Maybe that would
2: argue...
4: Week, they that can't argues, have that
1: happen now.
4: Your your point argues in favor of having uh, an independent body investigate an officer-involved shooting, which doesn't happen.
1: Well, the prosecutors, of course, uh, did not do their jobs uh, in some of these cases. But again, trying to get an honest answer to how many Laquan McDonald cases you have, that's a very important issue. But there has been an advocacy and there's been a media approach here that it's taken us completely away from trying to get to the bottom of reality. That, that's my only point at this point.
4: Whatever happened to the doctrine of don't fire until fired upon?
1: Who came up with that? That's not the law.
4: No, it's certainly not the law, but it was the way the police used to handle they
1: things. They could fire when they reasonably believe their lives or somebody else's lives are in danger. They're not required to get shot. There may be some people pushing that, and they could be wrong, as long as it's not totally unreasonable. Now, again, you know, I'm an NYPD alumnus. This is an organization that's extraordinarily restrained. Six million calls a year, 50 shootings a year. That's what we want to see. We want to see a small number of shootings. There's some police leadership issues. People fail to do things. There's a political failure writ large all over all of this. But where we are now is the worst possible place. And by the way, the ultimate idea that we, we need to erect a society trying to criminalize the police it's the same thing that you have with Wall Street, by the way. You may not like the optics and you may not like what's happening there, but it's simply not workable in our system to blame frontline police officers generally. There's exceptional cases to be sure, but that's where this conversation deteriorated to, which is why you now have a police job that's unwantable and undoable. Not in wealthy America. That's going to be okay. But police jobs all over the country are gone begging. And again, if somebody was a prosecutor and a lawyer, how can I tell a young person going to the police work to physically encounter anybody now with their liability right on the line? Civil, criminal, departmental, and maybe demonization, maybe having people
3: marching at your house. There are a lot of strong issues around this issue. Uh, Todd Burke, do you know, has there been any research on the effectiveness or not of body cameras worn by police?
0: Yeah, there have been. Some of them were a bit premature, but uh, the early studies seem to show that the body cameras with uh, police officers have been effective. It has been effective in reducing complaints against police officers and also improving police effectiveness. What I like about the body cameras is it does give you a view from a police officer's point of view, and that's what the court's rule on as well, as saying, you know, with all the incidents that have occurred, what was the police, you know, from a police officer's perspective, what happened? The camera will aid in that. Again, it's not going to be the end all, but it will aid in that. And I think what's happening now is we have to be concerned ourselves about policy and policy implementation when dealing with the body cameras. We were quick at throwing on the body cameras post-Ferguson, and there wasn't a lot of thought in going into a lot of questions that, that needed to be answered, uh, but in particular dealing with policy and how the cameras are going to be used, the cost of the cameras, the cost of storage, all of these things that seem to go into the body camera. So, more thought really needed to go into it. One study did indicate that and again, it was a limited limited sample, a limited area, that those officers that actually used the body cameras were in greater danger. They were more likely to be assaulted. So you have police agencies saying this becomes an officer safety issue by actually wearing the cameras, and they're thinking too much about the camera and about the recording and not doing what they're trained to do. So there is that side of it, but again, it's a matter of effective policy, it's a matter of transparency, it's accountability, and if you have nothing to hide, then go ahead and use the camera.
3: Well, we've just about reached the end of our program, and before we wrap up the show, we'd like to give each of you an opportunity to give your closing thoughts on this topic And we also uh, would invite you to let our listeners know how they can follow up with you if they're interested in doing that. So uh, Eugene O'Donnell, let's start with you, your final thoughts on body cameras.
1: Uh, They're inevitable. They're mostly gonna vindicate the police, but they're part of a larger concerning issue, which is delegitimizing the police, undermining the justice system, putting it in the off position, which is gonna hurt poor people more than anybody. Uh, It's an elite running the conversation. And we have a a very important issue that borders an elite, and that's called who's going to become cops. Again, some of the elite have disrespect for the police, so they don't really care. But for those of us who actually care, are the best of the brightest going to become police officers wearing body cameras and exposed to criminal, civil, and departmental liability at every turn? And the answer so far, and it's not just because of cameras, but in city after city, town after town, it's hard to get anybody ambulatory to be in the job. We need to have a serious conversation. We are backwards on this. We've got to figure out how to build trust in communities that meet the police. We've got to try to elevate policing back to the profession. Uh, but in the meantime, we have a, a national uh, crisis, and we have, unfortunately, a gun-violent and a society that's unique uh, in some ways in the Western world.
3: Gene, how can our listeners find out more about you or, or follow up with you if they care to do that?
1: Uh, happy to answer emails. I'm, I'm at John Jay College. Uh, happy to happy to of people that are, um, you know, in agreement or not in agreement to have
3: anything to share. And is it on your website or where are you? Uh, where can they find that? I mean, I
1: find googling things the easiest, but maybe I'm just an old climber. But that's uh, you can <laughs> Google works. John Jay College, and yeah. it's, it's, easy, it's easy. It's easily enough found that way.
3: Okay, good. And uh, Todd Burke, your final thoughts.
0: I also agree with Jean that body cameras are inevitable. However, I believe the benefits far outweigh the the concerns and limitations. I believe the benefits are that the officers behave better, there's better police community relations, there's accountability and transparency, there's a reduction in citizen complaints, and a reduction in claims against officers. Uh, I think it also, uh, body cameras document and preserve evidence that can be used for the officer, can be used in court, it could be used for officer training in a positive way, and it is shown from an officer's perspective. At the same time, I think we also need to address the sensitive issues that we talked about, such as domestic violence, homicides, juveniles, child abuse cases, it could prevent people from giving information to police officers, we got to be concerned about bystanders being recorded and certainly officer safety issues that the officer needs to react without focusing on the camera and the follow-up reaction from it and we must be able to balance a citizen's right to a fair trial with these privacy concerns as well as the officer's right to a fair trial and a fair hearing whether it be internal or external, and we have to be able to address social media concerns. I can be reached through Radford University. My email is t B-U-R-K-E, at radford, R-A-D-F-O-R-D, dot E-D-O.
4: Great. Well, thank you very much. We'd like to thank Professor Eugene O'Donnell from the John Jay College of Criminal Justice and Dr. Todd Burke, professor in the Department of Criminal Justice at Radford University, for being with us today in our discussion about body cameras for police. That brings us now to the end of our show. This is Craig Williams. Thank you for listening. Join us next time for another great legal topic. When you want legal, think lawyer
2: to lawyer. Thanks for listening to Lawyer to Lawyer, produced by the broadcast professionals at Legal Talk Network. Join J. Craig Williams and Robert Ambrosi for their next podcast, covering the latest legal topic. Subscribe to the RSS feed on LegalTalkNetwork.com or in iTunes.